selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, <laughs> okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Celebrity Book Club. Ellen fucking DeGeneres, get in here because Scandal is about to start. Oh, Jennifer Aniston, you're my favorite Avino spokeswoman. And can I just say, I love these medieval doors. <laughs> well, you did get them for me and Justin for our wedding present. I don't know if you remember that wedding got pretty crazy. Oh, that's right. I actually remember scouring the earth for a vintage piece of hardware that could complement your new home and pizza oven. And I was looking all through these flea markets in Morocco. And then it said, oh, my God, doors. Of course. I mean, that reminds me, Cheryl. Wait, gra- can you grab the pizza? Shell Crow is over here. She's making these amazing cauliflower pies. My problem with cauliflower is I get a little gassy, and then Portia makes me sleep in the guest house. Ugh. <laughs> Where is Portia, by the way? I miss her. Oh, um, Portia is actually uh, chained to a desk in the art barn. She's very passionate about art. And she also wore something a little too revealing the other day, so I took away her out-of-home privileges. Let's get you a glass of wine. <laughs> now you're speaking my language. Wow, Jen, this home is stunning. I mean, not just the medieval doors I bought you and not just that stunning 16th century Jean Prouvé urn that I bought you, but my God, I mean, uh, the I, beam work. I love these beams. I'm going to stop you right there, Jen. Can I just ask you, do you know the measurements of this space, of oh, the living room right here? I actually don't. Okay. because I, I, I want to say it's around 2,300 square feet, but... Okay. I, I actually, I brought my tape measure. I'm just I'm just going to measure really quick if you don't mind. Not selling for you. Okay. <laughs> not selling for you. Uh, and another question. The industrial oh. barn I saw out front, is that zoned commercial? No. I actually, I do I was yoga thinking in ab- there. I was thinking about opening up a little space to sell shoes 
shoes and and vintage Converse. Oh, like a pop up. Yeah, just a, a pop up for friends and guests. Hold on, Ellen, are you doing what you did to Ryan Seacrest? Uh, <laughs> what did I do to Ryan Seacrest? <laughs> you are too good. Listen, you want to buy my house? I will make you an offer right now. Twenty-seven two. No, Jen, I, can't, I love the beams. I love the beams. Jen, it's not about the Jen, money, L. I know that you paid sixteen eight for this in two thousand nine. There's no way this is worth more than 18. No one's going to pay you this kind of premium. Okay, but please, to be in Topanga, Laurel, Greater WeHo? <laughs> Jen. I can just get right on the four Jen, you belo- to the one. You belong the one. in Malibu. And you know that. You're not a Topanga girl. I need this space. 30.2. 28.9 or I release the hounds. 31.3. 30. 30.5 plus the ring. Okay. Plus the first shoes, the first Dan Smiths you ever wore on the first episode of Helen. You know what? Done. It's the beams for me. Okay. Get the 68 my way. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's, Let's pop do a it. cork. Okay. Can you move out tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> I have big plans. Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's Celebrity Book Club. Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club. Tell your secrets, we won't talk. Celebrity Book Club. No boys are allowed. Celebrity Book Club. Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hey, best friend! Uh, hey, Lily Morata. Hey, Stephanie Germanata <laughs> Filipina Horst. <laughs> Stephanie Horst, the famous mid-century designer. Um, so good to see you. You're uh, looking amazing, youthful, vibrant. Well, we're glowing out there. It's summer now. I realized I didn't say rabbit rabbit to you yesterday. Uh, or is it today? So it's today. today. And maybe that's why you didn't say it yesterday. But no, I actually I was sitting there and I was going, huh, no rabbit rabbit text from Lil. I guess she's super busy these days. I'm actually going to cry on air right now. What's happened no, to us? No, it's fine. Relationships evolve. They change. <laughs> to people change. People change. Um, we do have a grand tradition of you texting me rabbit rabbit on the first day of a new month. Um, look, Sarah Jessica Parker. I guess you didn't want to text me rabbit rabbit. Waiting for me to do it. I was waiting for you to do it. Yeah. I guess I feel like you're the sort of rabbit top in this okay. ongoing exchange that we always have. And yeah. I also munch, that, munch, watership down. Well, maybe I was feeling insecure and I was just like, well, if she forgot about it, like, oh, like I'm this, that I'm just this loser who's holding on to this desperate childhood lore. Oh, this sad, sad, like, Trishan. And I'm like, we don't play in tree houses anymore, Stephen. Speaking of tree houses, <laughs> I want to talk about, not about this book, I actually want to talk more about our week. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you know what I was telling you yesterday. So for our listeners who don't know, um, I have a secret life in France, and I do have a son there and <laughs> many friends and boyfriends. Much like characters on the Hot Topic show Mayor of Easttown, I have a double life. Um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm not fucking a teen. Right, you're not. Well. And laws are different in different countries. But the point is, I'm going to France this summer. And I was telling you yesterday how I was trying to book this Airbnb. And then he maybe have a full half hour interview over FaceTime, which is 
truly so rude and such a waste of time and just be like, do we need to do this? Like, you're not going to be there. Like, you put your house in Airbnb. If you don't want some random person taking it, then maybe don't put it on Airbnb. Yeah, I guess I do see his point, though. They're European. They're like, who are you? Well, they found out pretty quickly. She clocked me within four <laughs> seconds and she was like the wife. She was just like, and just so you know, Marseille may be not so uh, pro-gay. Oh, and then I, and that then, was my question. She so she just clocked out and was like, "You're a faggot." It was she. You weren't just like, "Hello, I'm coming to Marseille to discover myself and taste the men of your port town." No, I literally <laughs> sa- did not say that I wanted to taste the men of your port town. But she could obviously tell via my FaceTime okay. immediately that I was there to taste the men of the port town. Salty, salty seas. And then he was just being like, the husband was just like, "It is a immigration town, a conservative, a Muslim a history." A lot of men might be a bit macho. It's a macho country. And I was like, what you're describing sounds hot. That's fine. And then she was like, but it could, I don't know, it could be bad. And then and then he looks at her and he just goes, there's no torturing. <laughs> Nobody's torturing. So it's fine. And I was like, okay, so I'm not getting tortured. I guess maybe I'm not booking my ticket. So then he's like, we have this whole interview and he's just like, the only one thing that might happen is my niece, who is a restaurateur in Paris and she's having so much success right now with the reopening and she's out till 3 a.m. every night partying and keeping her restaurant open and she's super successful. She may come down to Marseille to use the place. And if she wants to do that, then unfortunately I cannot rent it to you. And I'm like, okay, so what's the vibe? And then he's like, she's so busy with the restaurant, she won't respond to my text and I'm thinking okay well she's so busy restaurant touring she can't even respond to the text like maybe she's not coming down then today I get a message and he goes I'm so sorry no. my niece and her kids are coming to Marseille and they no. must use the place yeah so rude wait this is this busy ass restaurant tour party until 3 a.m. this busy bitch is taking my house and so then I'm like you know during this time hello other Airbnbs have gone off the market because well, it's like I the mean, longer you wait to book they're dropping the like flies yeah I mean you kept on saying I'm going to Marseille I'm going to Marseille and right. I was like okay well yeah book your trip and you're like Ooh, plannings for losers, plannings for lesbians. Okay, I, I didn't book my trip, and then all of a sudden, yeah. Oh, um, boy who cried baguette over here because, like, now you're homeless in Marseille. Well, no, I actually, really. I did book another place. Okay. And it's confirmed. And actually, here's the, this was a blessing in disguise. Oh, it was better. No, as Freud says, there are no accidents because <laughs> there was an issue with the first place where he was like, the air conditioner is uh, not so powerful and it does not reach the bedroom. And it's like, you know, I sleep hot. Well, it's, it's hot in France, but we were talking about this, the French don't believe in air conditioning, and I'm shocked that they even had an air conditioner to begin with. I mean, I did put the filter on to only look at places that had aircon, but I think that, like, you know, in Airbnb culture, some people are just putting in aircons because right. they know that America is that like British speak of you to say aircon? It is aircon. Okay, aircon. Yeah. So I put a filter on, I bend the filter, and I put it on aircon. I bend the filter, <laughs> and I saw this <laughs> advert for new aluminium aircon, I thought, I have to get that. Wait, so what is the place like? So it actually is super cute. I feel like it's in a super, like, cool, like, neighborhood that's, like... No torture. Literally no torture. <laughs> I think it's going to be very, like, authentic boots, where it's kind of, like, oh. it is so, like, dumpster, like, on the street, but, like, central, but, like, near where, like... People in their twenties live. Okay, because I was looking. Just something you're learning to study. <laughs> I know. <guess. laughs> I'm, I'm going to study people in their twenties. <laughs> but it's going to be like dumpsters and sailors and portmen are dumping their crepes in these dumpsters, and it's dumpsters full of crepes. It's absolutely, it's a crepe dump, <laughs> <laughs> and it does have a balcony, which is essential because that's like that's the point of going abroad. That's literally, the point of going to Europe is having balconies. So and to go out and be like. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and have your cafe. You have your cafe outside, and, and then you walk the streets. Uh, and you look over, and there's Guillaume from the night before. He's passed out on the canapé. He's passed out on the crepes. <laughs> <laughs> so <that> Freeze. <laughs> I passed a waffle in dinges today. <laughs> oh, were you in Herald Square? No, I was in Bryant Park, which I haven't been in months and months and months. I mean, so funny because Fashion Week used to be there and now it's everywhere. Well, just just a yeah, tiny I mean, little a- bit about me. I literally went there for a fashion reason. <laughs> Wait, you Carrie went- Bradshaw. Because... Oh, um, you went there to go to... Urban Outfitters. Yeah, this this boutique or Urban Outfitters. Which is fashion. Yeah, it's it's fashion. fashion Yeah, and I was meeting a friend from out of town. A little peek for our listeners. We had like a lot of not to brag, but we had like friends in town this week. We had friends in town this week and we had this crazy few days. Yeah, and it's just, it hasn't stopped. No, I'm I'm still recovering from constant partying, dinner parties, nightclubs, bars, (laughs) walks. Shopping. Wait, so did you have to go to the Urban Outfitters because the one on 6th and 14th closed? No, because so I did like a hungover. It was like a Urban After sale on sale thing, whatever. And I saw these like plaid pants. Anyway, whatever. And I was like, I wasn't sure if I wanted the pants, but I was like, I'm buying them on sale. And I chose the pickup option instead of delivery, so that if I didn't like them, I could just return them instantly at the store. That's actually a really good way to use that Function. feature. Yeah, because like I've always thought pickup in store is so weird. It's just like you're not you're like, getting oh. to try it on, but then you're but you're also not getting any of the convenience of delivery. <laughs> right. It's right. So it makes sense in a weird like super sale. I mean, I guess it's weird that you reserve them because you thought that they were going to like fly off the shelf and well, like it's they'd the sale be gone. would end. It was a sale on a sale. It was like all sale items are like 30% off. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm going to let you in on a secret. Okay. <laughs> Urban Outfitters is having sales so, around the clock. And they're I know constantly they do. saying that the sale is going to end. The sale never ends. No, the sale ends. goes <laughs> on. But, <laughs> but okay. Let me, you panic reserving these plaid pants. Yeah, I panic reserved. <laughs> Sorry, I got. I've been wanting plaid pants for my entire life, and these pants are not the plaid pants that I kind of dream of. But they're like they're a, not your total like who's your caddy? Yeah, like, who's your caddy? Money, money, Boston. Like more mod. Uh, yes, yeah. like slim, tapered mod Vespa, right? Scar plaid pants, but they're a little more of like this. They're a These are a baggy, little more Nantucket PJs. They're Nantucket PJs, and that's another style I aspire to be is kind of like a date rapist from Nantucket. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, I'm always so short, and I'm like, yeah, I'm actually 30 beep right now. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, maybe grow up a little and wear, but it's like summer's so hot. And as you said, air con. I want to wear a pant. A light pant. A light pant. Yeah, I mean, you know I'm a huge fan of a light pant. It's so, wait, wait I just You're wearing plaid I'm pants. I'm literally wearing light plaid pants from Urban Outfitters. <laughs> okay, we're sick. <laughs> we're fucking twisted. Wait, I... Wait, we're literally really get sick. Get out no, of my brain. Get out of my brain. So I didn't even need to text you, Rabbit Rabbit. I put these on like two seconds before you came over. I was like, I got to put on something light and around the house boots for recording. Right, and it's actually perfect recording because... 
I feel like I'm always putting on my heavy jeans and then my ass is like soaked with podcast sweat. Yeah. Sorry, TMI. <laughs> but then I wore them out of the store and I was like, this is so breezy. Yeah. They're madras. Let's just say what they are, which is madras. Yeah, we they're madras. dancing around the so, right, plaid they're not, for yeah, some yeah, reason. Plaid, like, they're madras. we don't know. <laughs> and that's the Nantucket thing. And I feel like I can be at the driving range, but like maybe as we were talking about, maybe wearing them with a dock, maybe a skater sneaker kind of yeah. taking them out of the Nantucket space a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the question is the hem. I mean, I do kind of like how they sit when you do pull them up that high. Mm -hmm. um, that just means you have to wear a shirt that covers that, but that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Most of my You're shirts are on logger. You're not wearing only a sports bra. And <laughs> I'm not, yeah, if I was like, a sports bra, madras, <laughs> docks, okay. summer look. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of just getting into like a really normal urban outfitter space. And then you throw yeah. on a bucket and call it a day. Done and done. And like, and you're any 23 year old femme in Bushwick. <laughs> or in Marseille, where uh, I'm any 23 year old femme who who's hangs not out. torturing who's a gay. Not tor yeah. <laughs> you go to Marseille, I have like a gay guy in a dumpster. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was dark. I'm being dark today. Well, okay. I guess. Maybe it's because we're. Doing a toxic oh, yeah, we're, authoress. We're, doing, we're finally doing one of our most toxic authoresses. Yeah. This week, we read. And read is <laughs> and an read interesting is. word to use. <laughs> I would say we looked at a looked, book. Yeah. We really used our eyes, eyes. this Yeah, we, we had a sumptuous visual feast yes. for a book. It is by none other than famous comedian and toxic lesbian, Ellen DeGeneres. And oh, wait, sorry. I'm like dancing to Pharrell Happy wait, right yeah. now. <laughs> just In the, my white sneakers. Just the <laughs> yeah, just that. little bit of a dance. Mom's around me. Hey. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so. The book is called Home and it is a coffee, coffee table, table book <laughs> um, about design. This which is, we love. Yeah, which we absolutely adore. And, we, you know, you and I are huge design heads yeah. um, as listeners of this podcast. So I would say I kind of used to be an Ellen DeGeneres fan in my childhood. Oh, and now you're going to be like so fake and say that like, oh, now you're not into her because she's canceled? No, I'm just saying because like. Opposed oh, like her becoming like. Just, just like corny and talk show. corny and corporate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I I mean, I still love her original like sitcom. I mean, it's about her. Her original owning. sitcom is so funny. It's so funny. Watch it now. It's called. Ellen. Ellen. And she owns a bookstore <laughs> called Buy the Book. <laughs> As in like B-U-Y. Yeah. Jeremy Piven and his hairpiece are very present. He plays her cousin. And then she has like a saucy, I feel like very your cousin, fan of the pod, Monica, best friend. Yes. She has like a classic 90s chica and like, who's like fun and She has two chicas. One who's like 70s style and is like mod and like talks like this. And right. his name okay, is wait. Audrey. Right. There's Audrey. And then there's... Paige. Page. Yes, and she has like tendrils of auburn hair, which is so such tendrils. a 90s yeah. color of hair. And Paige is the one who's like, yeah, because like Audrey is kind of like the annoying one who's like always like slutty. And then Paige is like also kind of randomly slutty, but like. Yeah, and Ellen is like fully straight in the show, which is, well, she famously, I guess, came out on that sitcom, right? But she's like dating guys. I mean, anything where Ellen's dating guy, that movie, Mr. Wrong. Oh, it's, it's so funny. And it's just like, it's literally called Mr. Wrong. Every episode like, of the yeah, show. Yeah, I think they're all Mr. Wrong. <laughs> oh, right. And this in the cover. It's like her like knocking a guy yeah. and it tucks. <laughs> no, and in the sitcom, it's so amazing. In all the earlier seasons, she's in just like big Levi's, like 
a huge, like, earth-toned button-down and is like, is this a cute outfit for my date tonight? <laughs> and then they're <laughs> like, guy? no, why don't you throw on a crocheted vest <laughs> over it? <laughs> but she's a bookstore owner. Yeah. It's also just, like, the most lesbian job you could possibly have. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so speaking of Ellen's sitcom, she references, you know, obviously when she did the sitcom, you know, she bought her first house. Yeah. So this book is, I would say it's it's actually her at her most honest. I think so one of true. the reasons Ellen is canceled is because it's like, she obviously is this rich villain, but she made a name being the queen of nice. And so it's like, there is that contrast, that hypocrisy that people see. And they're like, oh, you're so nice and you're so like friendly to all celebrities and just want to dance around. But secretly, you're like evil to your staff. And it's like, this book is basically just her buying homes renovating them and decorating them and then like moving on to another home and then be like, and then I'm bored and then I bought a different house in the LA area. So yeah, Ellen and Portia basically, I found this out a few years back that like her hobby is just not necessarily flipping houses. No. It's just buying already gorgeous homes, decorating them, living in them fully decorated for- A year maybe. Maybe a year. And then her and Portia- Yes, they constantly check listings for other homes, but their main thing is they go over to other rich friends' house. She says, you know, oh, me and Portia went over to our friend's house for American Idol. And before we could see, you know, the first person sing, our checkbooks were out. Like, they're just actual full dragon vultures. They're full real estate dragons (laughs) going over to a friend's mansion and just being like, we're actually buying this house now. Sorry. I feel like they're the plot of every, like, Hallmark holiday movie about, like, a big businessman coming into a little town being like, I'm buying this and turning it into a super mall. <laughs> and all of your stores will be gone. And they're like, no, we can't. And he's like, I've already like given the mayor the check. And the mayor is like, but we can't afford to keep old Forge alive. Accepted. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it's a wonderful life. I mean, but instead of actually turning a gorgeous like community center into a mall, she's just taking someone's existing house <laughs> and making it like a bigger house or like combining two houses. Yeah, she does a lot of, I mean, that super rich thing where she's like, so we bought this house and then it's so funny. We actually bought the two adjoining properties so we can make a koi pond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Just so, so... We, so we would have a little bit more quiet. And also like, obviously I feel like the unseen characters in this book are her staff that like aren't allowed to speak. <laughs> we were the part yes. where she was like, my staff knows that they're not, <laughs> they're not allowed to touch any of my art. And she just has like so many 19th century African masks and just like Shinto swords. <laughs> that she's like, yeah, and they will never touch them, and that's fine. That they, oh, part they, of the book. They can admire from afar. Yeah, they can yeah. admire from afar. <laughs> that part of the book, my job, I was like, thank you for finally and like being honest that, that like, be, this book you're, is honest. Yeah, that you're like a crazy, like evil CEO. Because, I mean, that's the question is like, so she decorates each home and she's filling it, and we'll get to that of, a thousand masks and like 17th century chairs, but obviously she's moving to a different space and maybe the Tuscan Villa or the mid-century place doesn't maybe have room or it doesn't fit. Maybe that mask she bought for the Tuscan doesn't fit for the mid-century. There's definitely a warehouse somewhere that is like climate controlled (laughs) storage for masks because it's like in the different homes, you see some of the pieces, you see so many masks, you see, and some of the pieces like always show up. That one big painting that's so like one pop art painting with like text on it literally and it's like that such a was fake Lichtenstein and it's just like and that's her one focal point of like every living room and you're like oh this is the most like boring celebrity art I wrote that down in my notes I was just wrote 
why disgusting modern painting? Yeah. Now I want to rob her climate controlled African mask warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> like I want us to pull. It'd be like Ooh, Ocean's One. Yeah, Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrity book club. This episode is sponsored by Zocdoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. <laughs> there are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. Okay, so it's just, she says moving doesn't stress her out. And it's like, well, I guess because you have movers. Yeah. That was someone who just moved. I'm I'm surprised, though, that she wouldn't be stressed out about the art being damaged. Yeah. I mean, I bet she has her go-to. The mask shatters. The 13th century Central (laughs) African necklace that is on a Japanese plinth from the early 20th century. That is on a Tuscan marble stand. That used to belong to Kelly Wurstler. (laughs) Who who designed this hotel. So basically, this book is set where she goes through like each house she's bought. And then she tells you the lessons she learned from the home. And it's always, we should go through some of the M- favorite lessons. Many of lessons. which I would say are valuable with. lessons. Yes. I was just reading, the second half of the book, she has like friends' homes that she likes. Yeah. Um, Collaborators, if you will. One of the friends' lessons was just like, don't be afraid to let a shelf be bare. Just mm. like embrace the void. And I looked at my shelf from Urban Outfitters called the Carla okay. that I have we're in my sick, <laughs> we're by sick the and way. twisted addicted to the UO app. <laughs> yeah. And the Carla, which sits above my kitchen dining table. Carla. And I looked at it and it was like, it's so fucking cluttered. And I just like ripped off all of these oh little my. ceramic bowls. And like then and now I only have one watercolor and then those two tiny sculptures made by Friend of the Bot Alex Schmidt. I was just like, I must embrace the void. So sometimes, like, tips in a coffee table book can really help. Well, 
to add And to then that, I was looking at the Carla in all its beauty, and I was like, oh, wow, the Carla was hidden before. Right, it was even... a shelf. You're like, I got a shelf for a reason not right. to just slam bowls on it. Right. And I will say, a few days ago, where kind of you told me my house was full of clutter, and we kind of had that crazy fight. And right, right, right. But we also both grew from that fight. We both grew it. And I felt, okay, I, I just got this bookcase that you saw, and I just put... Which I love. One doll on it. <laughs> <laughs> embrace the void. You're and, embracing the void. Th- it's just one doll. I, okay, I really did think I embraced the void with that because I was like, well, I have all these other dolls, these knickknacks, and I did just this huge piggy bank, two dice, one <laughs> doll. And honestly, I know it sounds crazy, but I felt I really was embracing the void. And I was like, let's let this one Anna Nicole Smith doll shine here. Yeah. I mean, she talks a lot about balance in this book. If you have a huge piece of heavy furniture, mm-hmm. like be careful about putting a small architectural European chair near <laughs> this massive, deep, heavy couch because the heavy couch might overwhelm the little architectural Louis XIV chair. Look, <laughs> well, I also, before we get into anything, the Prouvé addiction in no, this book. No, my God. Okay, when Jean <laughs> Prouvé, who, Prouvé, who is some chair designer. I looked him up. He's a fr- You should actually really look him up now that you're going to Marseille. Oh. He's a French architect. Oh, okay, Padme. Oh, yeah. he's an architect. He's an and architect a and, a, and a furniture designer. Well, dabbles in a little bit oh, of both. Oh, excuse me. me. You make houses and chairs? Oh, okay, man. Oh, oh, Mr. Jean Prouvé. Mr. Fancy. You got my architecture to come up. I look at buys all my chairs. It's like every single page. Is he alive or is he like from I think he's gone. Olden times. He's six feet underground. Well, okay, when one of the pages, there's a chair, she's like and of course the Cité chair by Jean Privé that was a birthday gift from Porsche makes its way oh, to all of my oh. homes. Like imagine just buying your lover a chair. Isn't that your dream? I mean, yes, I guess. Well, I mean, I feel like your lover is definitely like your prisoner if they are buying you a chair. Also, this book defines random rich people accent chair that no one sits in. No, there's no living done in any of the houses. The one house that she says she like kind of admits she kind of lived in was the Hollywood Regency one. Yes, the, the apartment or the mid-century. The oh, mid-century the, one yes. in the Trousdale Estates. Yes. So, you know, I actually... When I was doing a little bit of copywriting work for my ex-boyfriend who used to work at the Future Perfect, that expensive gay furniture uh-huh. I said he just launched his... Right. And congratulations. Um, but I had to do all this, like, copy about the Trousdale Estates because they were, like, had a store that was, like, a showroom, like, in the Trousdale Estates right. that was, like, in the house that was once lived in by Elvis Presley. Oh, my God. And it's this section of, like, the Hollywood Hills or whatever where just, like, everything is a mid-century house. And it's kind of, like, a lot of them are Tudor and they all mm-hmm. have, like, the white brick and they're, like, kind of low and random. But, like, everyone is an architectural gem and you would be so fucking lucky to step inside. Mm-hmm. And so Kelly Warsaw used to live in this house that Ellen bought. And there were some elements I liked, but it also felt a little blocky and kind of like crammed. I liked that house. Like I liked how like the parquet floor like contrasted with like that like Japanese rock like fireplace area. I think was that the one with kind of the wooden kitchen with a lot of like stainless steel. A lot of them. I made mean, a lot of. It's also some stainless steel. I know because I was like reading this and I was like, oh, are we gonna just be so like which you know obviously I want to know which was your favorite house. I, well, okay, so in the favorite house question, I actually really like the final one, the birdhouse. Yes. But that has that. So what do you call it when the fireplace is like densely packed thin slate slices, and then that is actually within the center of the home. It's like this focal point of the center of their home with then this gorgeous wood ceiling. I think that has a ton of warmth in it. I mean, I would say my favorite, though, is actually the insane modern Japanese one. 
the Brody the, or whatever. That's my favorite, the Brody. Yeah, I think. that one's so chic. And she was like, this one was like too chic to have little kids running around because like they would leave their handprints on something and the whole house would be ruined. I was a little disappointed because Portia and um, Ellen like have multiple cats and the cats are not like, I want to see the cats in I a Prouvage chair. Well, what's so funny is on Ellen's Design Challenge, which is a show about furniture design that we both watch. And we're both obsessed with it. And we were probably both most obsessed with it because just the fact that she truly does not even host she's this show. She's just not even on the show. <laughs> she's not one of the judges. She's, she doesn't even appear in every episode. She'll zoom in every third episode with <laughs> Diane Keaton or just like with Portia and be like, okay, like, hey, it's Ellen. Um, I think your challenge today is going to be about play structures. And then you don't see her for three episodes. And Scott Foley from Scandal, from Felicity, is basically the host. And who knew, one, that they were best friends, or that, two, he was, like, a design it's Also hound. such a design hound. But then when you see his house, it's so whatever well, rich house person. Is, he has kids. He has kids, and his house is more just, like, regular... Farmhouse. Colonial rich. farmhouse, Connecticut. Yeah. Like, and it's just more Maryville's town and, like, islands and big and a multi-generational <laughs> yeah. family with multi-generational trauma. Whereas all of her houses, like, are a little bit Frank Lloyd Wright, and there is always, like, a water feature, and it's just like to have a house with a water feature is such a dream of mine and like the Brody house has the water feature and it's stunning in one of the houses I don't know if it's the Brody house that super simple marble spa she has and it's like a sinking pool spa okay that that one killed me so it's basically like this sloped bath spa and like glass doors that you look out on also about this book is that she'll be like the thing is, like, you don't need to have a lot of money to have good taste, which is totally true, but a completely mental thing to say. When this book is all about having, like, a $9,000 hand mirror <laughs> sitting on a credenza and every single thing. Like, just the credits. Okay. The seating area to the right includes a pair of metal bucket chairs by Mats Thelius, three vintage PK-33 stools by Paul Clairhalm, a pair of freeform tables by Charlotte Perrion, and the original banquette sofa by William Haynes. The custom Zodiac ceiling fixture is by Jane Hallworth. In the background, a low game table by Pierre Quindreau. <laughs> just like, are you, pl- are you using the game table? It's just like a vintage poker table that's purely for display. Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, and that's, yeah, when we have game nights and that's a vintage poker table from like the 1961 Sands. And then here's a vintage cocktail table from just like this Tuscan queen or whatever. And she's like, oh, and and we spend so much time out here entertaining. And I guess I'm wondering about like her and Portia's social life. Like I know Ellen is friends with Jen and like. And Diane. And Diane. And She says the anecdote where she's like, one time I had a party and Diane Keaton was measuring my kitchen with her arm span. She was, like, stretching Insane. out okay. her arms to just, like, see how wide the kitchen was. She was like, or maybe she was hugging my oven. I don't know. <laughs> oh, and she's... Ellen is very wolf range. She, yes. Not a Gagano girl. <laughs> no. Not a Gagano girl and not a nausea girl. And not a Viking. I guess, is Viking so over? Does no one have a Viking stove anymore? A lot of people, like, lean for have Vikings. They do. Because, yeah. you know, growing up, we had a Viking. You had a Viking. But I always did think our oven was, like, really insane and fab. Yeah, you really had a range. I just remember. Because it had, it had like, the large oven, then, like, a little mini oven, like, next to it. It was, like, the two ovens. When people have two ovens on House Hunters, you realize, like, 
a lot of people turn down houses if they don't have two ovens. What people think that they want now that they don't need, where it's just right. like, like, I mean, like gas burners, like, yes. Yes, obviously. Obviously yeah. gas burners. And yet it's like, I don't know how these people don't cook. I don't believe that you need to be roasting a turkey, then also doing mashed potatoes at the same time or whatever. Or right. Some people, yes, I do Or when people that. want the um the pot filler, the arm. pasta water arm, well, that I one want... little faucet that comes out just to fill pasta water, like in a pot. It's just like, no, you don't one. Such a specific task. I want to. I do want a pasta arm. Okay. That Mormon design show that I love, Dream Home Makeover on Netflix, where they just do the most boring makeovers in Utah, <laughs> um, they're always putting in a pasta arm. And she's just like, it's like a pasta arm is like a necessity for these people. And it's like always like copper or gold, too, I yes. feel like is a huge. No, copper or like a steel or rusted. I'm sure Ellen probably like uses steel from 15th century Tuscany. Yeah. Her style is. Okay. There's no color. Yeah, it's, it's all, very gray. It's all and neutrals, neutrals and like there's woods and some wood tones. But she at one point she's like, Oh, I prefer to cop color and like, you know, accent pieces and art and throw pillows. Like pillows and, I'm, and, I'm just and like, rugs. Babe, I don't even see it in the pillows. There's literally no color in any of these houses. And it is it's a little bit too sedate for my tastes. There are some like deep auburn leather chairs that I like that are bringing color. But here's an example of a bedroom that I'm just like, ugh, why kind of? I'll show it up to you and kind of describe it to the readers. I love how, like, picture book this is getting. Wait a minute. I loved this bedroom. <laughs> I was going to talk about this bedroom. The Jane Hallworth bedding, the custom Jane Hallworth. Wait, I loved that bed. I guess this feels a little too, if I came in here in this, like, rich home, feels a little too, like, creaky, creaky. I'm not trying to fuck in this bed. You're trying to fall asleep and have the best sleep of your life in this bed. Wait, hold it up again so our <laughs> okay, listeners yes. can, can, can see, see, can hear me seeing. Okay. okay, it's stunning. Okay, so it's just, like, the linen the are... um, headboard and then the sheets, the custom bedding that's, like, matches the same. It looks, like, so soft and luxe and, like, cashmere almost. These two wooden side tables that have that are very Embrace the Void. There's just, like, one piece of art in a bowl and then, like, a lamp. It's just incredibly calming. I don't necessarily need the big wooden chest that's at the for end. Me. It was the chest for me. Okay. No, it, I guess that's what... It's the what, chest for me, it was the, Yeah, it's the <laughs> chest for me and that's what made it feel a little, like... Why is this feeling a little more like creaky B and B? Like it should so, feel calming in cashmere. This brings us, I think, to a big question <laughs> we need to address, which yeah. is just like the over-indexing on all of this, like almost like 17th century kind of yes. English wooden castle-like stuff. So a the art, there's like these like Edwardian portraits with like ornate frames everywhere. Sometimes like the the overly chintzy chairs, the big the wooden chests, the antique medicine oh, balls. Just so, so creepy. An- I know. But I also find that that's so like 2014 mixology to be like yes. this is an old pharmacist cabinet. No, it's getting it's really absolutely just like fully borderline 2014. What's that bar? That like the, lab. It's like LES. Yeah, the lab. LES, the cocktail king or whatever. It's just like yeah, it's all of that bullshit. Like you know, there's a framed Union Jack and like uh, it's a little bit steampunk. <laughs> and I'm like, this. you know, I think some of those design elements can be very sexy when they're set off in just the right way. Which is advice she gives. She'll be like, sparingly do this. Or she keeps on saying how she likes to create um, vignettes. Yes. Creative vignette. And I love the idea. It's like vignette. It's like you have just so much space that you're just making up little corners in your home that no one will ever interact with. Where it's just like a chair and a table. Kind of like I came away with it, right? It's like her style is much more antique, antique. Yeah. Than I thought. And obviously, like, I'm a little more like 
deco and like I just like you know and some of the stuff like the polar bear couch looks really comfortable to me like I feel like she does have pieces she said it was a rare polar bear couch and you're like so you full up did y'all kill a polar bear I feel like Ellen (laughs) like skinned the Coca-Cola polar bear (laughs) she absolutely would yeah because he touched her mask he touched her 14th century African mask that was it he's out as someone who grew up in a very like bordering on African mask household. Yeah, I mean your mother's a therapist. Yeah. Like, so therapist equals equals mask. masks. These masks, she has so many of them. Yeah. There's a lot of plinths. I mean, it's like it's getting to be like a museum. Well, I do also wonder in kind of the conversation about the ethical buying African art market. Because I feel like there's been this whole thing about like how all these like museums in like France and it's, so was, I was England. just reading the Wikipedia for the Cave Ronny today, which is the like museum in Paris that's all like oceanic art and African art and like Latin American art and like indigenous people's art. Uh-huh. And has been embroiled in controversy about just like repatriation yes. and like whether or not they should return. And like Macron has like said that they will return like some pieces to like certain I think that was governments I like- if they want them. So it was very like, oh, like... Come and get it. Right, come and get it. And it's very like, this museum in Benin is just like, we actually do want these masks. And then they're like, fine, I guess, because you asked for them. Like, we're giving them, but like... This is my thing about the French. They're taking a while. Yeah, they're taking a while to return the mask. And I guess, I guess my question is, Ellen, are you buying these African 17th century masks? Right, and should they be on display? Or it's like, she's buying them for Christie's for like 9 million. Right. I mean, at the same time, you know, art is meant to be appreciated. And oh, absolutely! She should be buying the mask. She should be buying the mask. And it's I like, guess right. It's more know, it's of like the museum want... issue of these like French and English museums. Like, I mean, I also think at the end of the day, it's like I feel like there's probably enough masks that everyone can have some. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, is there a mask shortage? Like, I don't think so. But you know, what there's not a shortage of, or there probably is a shortage of. Sorry, is that just? In one of these rooms, she has this full statue of, like, a tiny little boy. Oh, that's or is her, this a that's collaborator? You can tell that okay. has way too colorful. Okay, one thing that is way too creepy that she always has in her homes is that dress form. Oh, that, yeah, she loves that, that dress terrifying, form. terrifying, like, wooden, distressed, old dress form missing a head. And it's, like, with limbs akimbo. It's, like, <laughs> there's truly nothing creepier or more Silence of the Lambs than just, like, a dress form akimbo in a random room that's, like, so austere with, like, three vases and an urn. And it's, like, no one's in this silent room except for Ellen's cat and like you can hear yeah. Portia's muffled screams like coming from like in the art barn and you're just like okay I don't need this let's talk about the barns for a second okay oh <laughs> when she moves to the ranch house yes and they she... individually do all the little barns all the tiny barns which is actually again very our friend Alex friend of the pod who's mm. redoing some barns right now and so they bought this like 46 acre horse property. I guess I want to talk about this line where she goes, she names one the romance barn. Oh, when they celebrated their, their anniversary. anniversary there? Yeah. I was like, so is that like the one time you guys had sex? They're both in like Tim's and Patagonia vests, like this huge photo of them laughing, smiling. Like It seems so tense. Sexless and tense. I mean, so as we know from that TikTok about Anne Heche, um Ellen is completely... Absolutely. Ellen is psychotically controlling. And because she was like, Anne Heche was showing different outfits that she wore to various award shows. And she was like, and here I am at the Oscars with Ellen looking like a total weird hippie. She's wearing like long pants and like a long shirt because Ellen said the dress that I wanted to wear was too revealing. 
psycho. Psycho. And it's like, we probably all thought, oh, Anne Heche is just being a lesbian and that's why she's wearing like big flowy pants to the Oscars. No. She is a high femme. Yes, femme visibility. Happy pride. Raise our femmes. (laughs) Elevate our femmes. Raise our femmes. And she wanted to be this flirty high femme. Right. And she was like, no, you're mine. Like, you be in these flouncy pants. You're my property. Stay in the art barn where you belong. Right. Well, me and Portia make sweet love in the romance barn. I feel like Ellen and Anne Hage probably had a much better sex life than... Because it was like more toxic. Yeah, I guess. Or maybe Ellen, or maybe Anne was pushing back more. Anne is a fighter, yeah, whereas some... Portia's not a fighter. I mean, I think Ellen and Portia's relationship was super steamy right in the beginning. But I feel like Ellen's controlling tendencies mm-hmm. maybe have done something. I remember hearing Portia talk about how they like saw each other and like made out at the like VH1 Fashion Awards in a limo or something like that. <laughs> Just they made out once. They like couldn't. Get I don't know. Keep this is very like they made out other. once. Like yeah. then they had sex another time, and so she named the house after the fact that they had sex in there once. Right after this first wedding anniversary, there's one page where she shows the closet, and she's like, "Yeah, we're addicted to shoes," and it's all of Ellen's corny sneakers and like Portia's stilettos. Yeah, it was literally just only her corny ass like flats, dancemats, <laughs> and her converse. But then it's like Portia's stilettos, and it's like. But I feel like Portia wears revealing things. She'll wear like a top that. Of yeah, deep well, Portia's v. earned the right after like many years of servitude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an element that I wanted to bring up. So in this book, mm. it's all her homes, and as we discussed, a lot of neutrals, a lot of wood, very little color. Then she gets into her friends' homes for various designers in LA, and they all. There are also, like, a lot of masks and sculptures <laughs> and, like, Chinese dowsing rods and, like, other things. Stools and... But then we get to the first gay guy. And what I wanted to discuss was... He what also I- has the polar bear sofa. Yeah. In a slate gray. I think that there's a very interesting distinction when we talk about Asian elements of design and the way that gay men incorporate Asian design motifs mm. and the way that everyone else does because obviously like there's throughout this book and let's we're talking about like expensive homes here like all of these expensive homes that ellen has like there is like a lot of asian motifs that come in you know she's very worldly and eclectic <laughs> yes <laughs> all the continents are represented but like you know there's a lot of like japanese woodwork like japanese like minimalist stuff there is like lots of kind of like ancient Chinese artifacts, like those like water carrying rods that are above that stainless steel sink and just like randomly will have like an urn from just like 14th century Kazakhstan. But urns and globes. Urns and globes. And just like all this decorative shit that you can't do anything with. <laughs> but then like the way that gay men, like what okay. is that? Incorporate yeah, like- Asian design elements. It's just in a very different way. Yeah, it's, it's so much more just like big folding fan like over the bed, which... I used to, I mean, again, as a Palm Spring vintage store owner who's 72, I, in my apartment in Chicago, I had big folding fan, big, massive Asian folding fan. And I thought that was so cool. And it's more like, like the first gay guy's house that you see, like the first picture, there's just like a gong. Like, it's just so much more like slutty babysitter kind of vibes. (laughs) Gong is so slutty babysitter. But (laughs) I mean, I'll say that that's also something that I feel like 
my favorite movie, Angie Mame, which is a gay camp classic. It's an insane architectural movie because she redesigns her home every six months in the film. Yeah. So first it's Asian and then it's Picasso and then it's like it's, Victorian. It's a total design head film. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that is the blueprint for these gays. And it's like you knock on the door. I mean, I got, and it is so gong. And it's fan, and I feel like gay guys seeing that are like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, there's just something, like, a little louder and more gold about it, always. Right, and, like, I mean, talk about gay guys and Asian accents. My dad was a huge fan of the Japanese screen. Well, that's no, funny. But he, Whereas his, I think it's kind of halfway. That's kind of the closeted version. Yes. Is it, his was not so, like... It was just like wood and because there's, off-white. But the thing about the Japanese screen is it has like, it alludes to sluttiness. <laughs> because it's yeah. because it's about changing clothes, right? And it's about like something that you hide behind where you can still see your silhouette. Uh. And it's just like, Ella is not having Japanese screens anywhere in her house. No. Portia's not like do-to-do getting in a little Certainly slip nope. from like La Perla. Portia has, well, in one of the rooms, Portia has her own dressing room. It's like very like Portia has her separate wing. Yes. That like Ellen put like a 13th century settee in and she, she's like, that's like I, tufted. <laughs> tufted settee and super over dyed Turkish rugs. I feel like we're seeing also the word over dyed so much more lately. Like every piece of clothing is over dyed sweatpants, over dyed <laughs> yeah, beach right. towel. It's like cool. So we're wasting dye. What the fuck? We're out here wasting dye. <laughs> okay, the part where she talks about that marble countertop in some kitchen that was too oh. intensive a green, <laughs> <laughs> and she had like some absolute magician come in <laughs> with sandpaper and water and subtlefy the green. Oh, and they just sanded at that for days. I guess that's my question with being that rich is like when you're sourcing this stuff like I mean obviously she has her like people when you're like oh I need a slab do you go to your marbleist or is she going her and Portia getting a car and they're going to their favorite like terrazzo vintage Tuscan marble warehouse I think that she's definitely been to the terrazzo marble warehouse once or twice once or twice I don't think she's going for every piece of marble but she right. knows about it and mm-hmm. our assistant or some person is like going there and like facetiming her from the warehouse yeah for sure and then she's like oh I, it's very her show Ellen's design journey yeah she's like, facetiming in but she's not really there the entire time kind of takeaway from a lot of Ellen's homes is like, if I went in, I'd be like, oh, you know, we got somehow got invited to one of Ellen's homes. I'd be like, oh my God, this is so fabulous and like insane. And we'd be like flipping out. But looking at these homes, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not like freaking out. I'm not freaking out. It could be sexier. That's why I love the Brody house because the design itself is just so stunning and stark. I mean, that indoor outdoor space with the huge, like, the spot, but also the interaction with it's kind of like an interior courtyard, and there's yes. that massive sectional, and then there's like a Buddha somewhere. Oh, and one of her tips is like, you know what is a great idea? A screened in porch. Yeah, and it's like, thanks, babe. Thanks. Okay, I guess I'll do that in I'll my guess apartment. I'll, I'll guess I'll build a screen in porch in my apartment, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Before we go into segments, we should talk about probably one of her best tips. Yeah, I think <laughs> one of the most important, low-cost, most efficient ways to make a home beautiful that Ellen shares with us. Uh, an actually down-to-earth tip she gave, not kind of a don't buy a stone piece and put it next to your 
Terrazzo, yeah. Prouvé, yeah. Tuscan leather chair. Don't have an Edwardian ottoman next to a Bang Holman <laughs> leather sofa. Mies Vandero day bed covered in an overdyed Turkish throw. Oh my god, it's Jean Prouvé again. Wait, I just had another. <laughs> Let me just read another one of these. A sofa and chair by Jean Rayer. The coffee table is by Jean Prouvé. Of course. The sheepskin chair by Philip Arctander and the 1960s Danish sheepskin stools are the centerpieces of the living room. The floor lamp by Angelo Lely provides great reading light, while the Louis Poulsen table lamp gives off a moodier feeling. I've had the antique Guatemalan bench since my early days in Los Angeles. The 18th century Belgian table with large potence lamp by Jean Prouvé above. And of course, on the right, a bench by Charlotte Perrion. I do have to say I love Charlotte's benches. Uh, I like a bench, and she is very bench. I mean, the great thing about a bench is it's what you were talking about earlier. Same thing as a day bed where it, it doesn't it's open, doesn't, it's open ab- doesn't obstruct sight lines. Of course, as you know, I've been really on the search because right now I have a chair when mm. you back facing and I want I want a day bed yes. to Agreed. basically follow Ellen's rules. Yeah. And I have a day bed in mind and it's not in stock until December. Which this the, is the, ar- the, the article. article one. And how much is it? It's six ninety nine. I'm sure. But there is cheaper ones, I'm sure. That one that we looked at at Wafer or whatever was, oh, but that's probably shitty. Yeah, I guess it's like, you know, it's... it's then you know, you're saving up and that December, you're really going to love that day, Val. I had a Christmas, little Christmas present. Oh, Christmas present okay. for Portia. But we didn't even say what the tip was that okay. we were about to reveal, <laughs> which is... Uh, <gasps> lemons! Lemons! Have lemons a, in a bowl. Have lemons in a bowl, period. And she's right. Period. Done. Lemons cost what? Three for a dollar? Yeah. Get a gorgeous bowl. You have Sometimes one. Sometimes five for a dollar. If you don't get the organic, you can really get a lot of lemons. And then, of course, so the classic kind of Ellen DeGeneres observational like humor is a tiny bit in this book. And that's when she sticks it in. She's like, and then, of course, you know, don't let flies get everywhere. You got to replace the lemons and make like some very dad Ellen DeGeneres style joke. Oh, she was like, no, but don't just have the lemons sit there while they rot and then be like, well, Ellen told me to buy lemons in October. And it's just like, yeah, Yeah. true. (laughs) Keep the lemons fresh and use the lemons. I'm a huge fan of lemon water. Keeps me young. We're such, you know, lemon heads that... Your and girlfriend I don't, calls you part of the lemon yeah, lobby. Yeah, she calls me the lemon lobby. Le- lemon lobby. I was wondering, though, because it's like I have my fruit bowl in the kitchen. It's like, should I do a lemon bowl as a centerpiece on my dining room table, do you think? Yes. Okay. That's, that's what Ellen's right, told that's you to what, do. Yeah. I mean, I usually, you know, I don't have it. There's not a lot of fruit in there right now. But right. But you usually do that I usually lemon do bowl. have like fruit in that bowl. And I just, it does warm up the space so much. Yeah. It's just bright colors. It's not some painting that you have to get at Christie's. Yeah. Send us your lemon bowl pics. Her other tip is books like, like warm up a space which is like yeah everyone knows that right like thanks yeah I mean good tips and some that you're like okay but some the other tip that I think is true where she's like mm. model your home around one big piece one big piece whether it's then, like the couch yeah. or like a table there rather a, than opposite like being like oh I found this weird tiny statue and now everything needs to match it right <laughs> I mean no one does that but also like <laughs> And, you know, go with what's obvious. It's like the place that's the sort of like deepest area of the room. Like that's where the couch is going. Right. Don't just like try, try to force it. Try to force something that's not happening. And, you know, she says, oh, if you feel like this room is weirdly sized, she's like, create a nook, you know. Yeah. Do nook stuff. Nook it. <laughs> nook, <laughs> nook it on. <laughs> Hi, 
an, an 18th, 18th century, century segment by Jean Prouvet. What does she eat? What does she wear? How does she live? What does what Ellen does Ellen eat? actually eat? Because, you know, in this book, that's what I was wondering. Like, she's like, oh, and we spent so much time around that, you know, reclaimed barn door table refinished by barbers clippings turned into chairs. So what's interesting is she doesn't talk about cooking at all in this book. No, she says entertaining. She says entertaining, which means obviously it's catered. Yes. I think Portia's the cook and I think Portia's making like just extremely California, super healthy, super goopy meals. Yeah. Really good olive oil. Yeah, it's really good olive oil. It's a Mediterranean diet. It's like a beautiful fish. I guess my question is, is Ellen like a foodie at all? Because she's so like rich and obviously has this like insane taste and design. And so you would think that she would like appreciate Michelin star cooking and would be so like, oh, I, I want to go to like... The new, I I, I would, she, well, we're going to like Blue Hillstone Barnes or something, just like something like she might do a Blue Hillstone Barnes because it's so private, but I think because she's so rich and has become like so crazy and rich that she, she this is why she's so into house. She catered. has staff and catering. I don't think she probably likes going out to restaurants. Yeah, I just would, I just the would, privacy. The privacy, it's like, because the thing about like those kind of catered chef meals, it's like, you are always getting, it's like at the end of the day, it's going to be kind of cruise ship. But it's like, you're still just going to get like, yes. it's always salmon and like an ahi and then like, you know, sure, there's a caviar and it's like beautifully presented, but it's just like a boring tower and like a great salad. I think it's, Portia though is whipping up like just a ton of different like quinoa salads and it's like shredded broccoli salad. It's, yeah, it sounds very And like in a tahini green. dressing. Ugh. And I think it's sad that she isn't more of a foodie. That's my take. But my take is that actually I think she's, as she is the butch, I think she's like a little more like, yeah, my woman's cooking and I guess I'll just eat whatever. Or is she like, she's also so like 80s. So maybe she's just like, got to watch my cholesterol. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, in her show, I feel like she's a little more Jerry Seinfeld and is a little more like, Cereal, if I could, every yeah. day. Yeah. Portia's got me on the the who what's diet. Yeah. What's in now? Yeah. <laughs> We're doing the whole it's complicated and expensive diet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's really true. That's true. What does she wear? We all know what Alan wears. Uh, sneakers. Sneakers. White sneakers. <laughs> Though there was some, I was surprised. I was like seeing some new balances in there that I've never seen her in. I feel like she's always in a white sneaker. And there was like one navy new balance. And I was like, wow, departure. That's when she's like going to the stable or whatever. Yes, her stable shoe. That's her one stable <laughs> shoe where she's going to dust the 19th century Edwardian paintings that she put up in the reclaimed stable. That's like Portia's temporary art space. Hot tip. Don't. Don't store paintings in a 18th century stable because they'll get dusty. If any of you guys were wondering. You'll be dusting all day long. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, sweaters. There's really not, there's not much Sweaters, to blazers. What do you think the last time Ellen wore a dress was? Probably for some gag on the show. Yeah, a gag. I mean, because even on the sitcom where she's closeted, she's not in a dress. Right. So I feel like age 15, you know? But she was on like... In the 90s, early 2000s, she was wearing probably what more she forced Anne Heche to wear. Like, it was like such weird, futch, gala, silky, yeah, like pants. Yeah. And flared, gym. flowy, flared and flowy. And Pant, then, like, flared, flared and flowy, big pants. Um, like, your hairstyle hasn't changed in 20 mm. years. 
No. It's now like much more like crew cut. It used to be so much more like 90s. Well, with Shag, it's gotten a little shaggy. bit. It's gotten a little bit shorter, like to go along with the times. But I feel like it's basically been the same. Yeah, it's gone from shaggy to like more it was, just serious. Yeah, it was slightly butch. more shaggy, more of the racial, like in she had, 99. Yeah. yeah, it was shaggier, it's puffier. Now it's more just close cropped, normal, close cropped Levi's. She, I mean, she's selvage. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, she's raw denim. Yeah, she's raw for sure. Um, how does she live? I mean, I mean, I think we've covered we, it extensively covered it? over the past hour. <laughs> She's probably moving right now. Yeah. It's funny in this book how she'll make jokes be like, maybe this will be our forever home. Ha ha. Ha ha. Obviously <laughs> moving not. Moving on. <laughs> okay. Should we do who are you in the book or should we do which house, house are you, you in the book? I mean, there aren't people in this book. I mean, there's Portia and there's the friends and there's Ellen and then there's. Let's do what house you are in the book. Okay. So there's there's the Brody, there's the fabulous Japanese. There's the Tuscan Villa. There's Tuscan Villa. There's the adjoining Hollywood condos. The, the two apartments that they bought because they were like, we might want it to live downtown. And then it was like, that part, that was so boring, that one. Yeah. And they were like, one one was for entertaining and one was for living, which was, I was kind of obsessed with. It's like, so you just have this like showroom? Yeah. The, the dark, <laughs> moody one was for entertaining and the, the lighter, like white walls one was for living. And there's the, the Hollywood Regency one. Yeah. The, uh, there was the and first. And then the, the barns. And then the barns. Blue Highlightstone barns. Okay. I guess. I feel like I want to be Brody, but maybe I'm actually the Trousdale Estates. Which is the like Hollywood one? The Hollywood, the like, yeah, the, the Kelly Horse. Yeah. I was actually going to say, <laughs> randomly, like, I think that is kind of true, but like, core, you're maybe a little bit like this. Oh, the last one? The birdhouse? The, no, the one where she buys the adjoining properties to build a koi pond. Oh, that's fab. Yeah. Just because I like, am just like, at I the end of the day, pay. I get what I want. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, at the end of the day, I want a koi pond. And you're like, I want that house. Or more, you think it's ugly. And you're like, I hate looking at that house. I hate I'm buying it so I can the- tear it down. Wow, thank you. I but, do go after what I want. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I'm the Hollywood Regency house. That the was used for like a Versace Background. It was used for Versace, and yeah. that was more glitzy and glamoury and has the, I mean, I love the marble lined element, yeah. No, and you are sort of like a sort of a, a, a somewhat disparate mix of different elements. Yeah, it's like you're getting kind of the wooden madman stuff, but you're... You're old, but you're new. Getting marble slabs, but I also want to be whatever house, which is the Brody, that has the insane the spa, marble, the marble spa. spa. I just, is that ever happening in my life? I think I'm visiting a space like that. I don't think mm-hmm. this... Spa is happening. I guess the one other question is like, am I in a weird way? Am I the Hollywood condo? I was I was wondering because that. I'm such a Gemini and like half of me is for entertaining, but like half of me is private and I'm so just like two faced. Well, and also are you so like I just need to be in the mix. Right. I need just, to like, be downtown. Guy. You need to be downtown. Like I'm I need in to be close to shops and restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> no, but ultimately I think you're right in that I'm the one, I'm the liquid blonde. You're a koi pond. I think you have, at some point in life, you have the adjoining apartments. And then when you get the windfall, yeah, you get that house. And then when you get the second, third windfall, you get the koi pond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, books warm up a home, period. <laughs> yeah. And especially coffee table books. And like, everyone loves a beautiful thing to look through. And I think this book will provide you with inspiration. 
truly, and I think it'll be an absolute conversation starter because people are going to be like, oh, that's just like a big coffee table book. And they're like, wait, this is Ellen DeGeneres' coffee table book? And then you're like, wait, it's all of Ellen DeGeneres' homes. Yeah, and then you learn that Ellen, all she does is just like psychotically like slap her staff for like touching her African masks and like flips barns and just like buys houses every day. (laughs) Another tip that she has in here, but that this book could sort of like help you with is having something in mind when you go to decorate a room. And I'm always talking about the virtues of Pinterest and creating a mood board for a room before you start decorating. But let this book inspire you. It's so true because we always do that with our style. We're like, oh... I mean, many do. I want to look like, you know, a royal. Kendall Jenner. Right. I, I, I want to look, look like look... Jonah Hill. Right. <laughs> right. My mood board, it's all just photos of Jonah Hill. <laughs> right. <laughs> Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill. And she also says, know what you want to. Oh, well, I guess this is the food thing. She says, know what you want to eat before you go in the refrigerator, which is, is you know, a metaphor for, you know, know what style you want. Right. You and then you're not the... just blind eating. Blind eating and blind buying random shit at Christie's, which we are all prone to No, do. I know. Put the paddle down. Okay. Decide if you want early privé or later privé. Yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> and know that before you get to the auction house. Okay. Well, um, I, I have to go retire uh, with my mid-century American bronze sculpture of a horse. <laughs> I think I'm going to take just a walk to one of my stables. Lovely. Um, if you if you see my 17th century portrait of a courtesan, please dust her. I will try. I uh, will try to do that. Portia's whipping up just some plain quinoa that I guess I'll have to eat because I have to get in bed by 7 p.m. Because <laughs> my commute from the horse ranch is actually a long way to Burbank. Anyway, I give this book for a coffee table book nine out of ten privé chairs. Wow. Okay. No, I mean, actually, sorry. In because co- coffee table books do crazy things. That's I yeah. give it seven. I give it yeah. I give seven it- privé chairs out of ten slabs of vintage Italian stone. I I give it three out of five Central African necklaces, mm-hmm. mostly because I actually think that like. The designs aren't different enough yeah. within the different spaces. And like, so it's really uh, just a comment on her design. It's kind of on her design. Yeah. And I would like to actually see her push her aesthetic a little harder. I totally agree. It's like, cool, yeah, these are vintage pieces and like warm and inviting and design. But you're like, that's the theme of it. Like, yeah, I would love to see her just like go whole hog, like neoclassical with the villa. Right. And like, and have so many more like bright colors and just like where's the fucking have the grand banquet table yes have the grand banquet table have candelabras have just like a real a a statement couch or something you know like give me bright like i would love to switch up the art more like i would have loved if you know make the condo even cheesier make it more modern like don't give me the big tufted english sofa in the condo you know this bay just restoration hardware (sighs) or she talks about how much she loves and has so much advice for outdoor spaces but i the outdoor spaces were like they were disappointing they were just like big rest table and chairs. Yeah. I mean, besides the obvious koi pond, but like, that's just money. Okay, and that's just money talking. the villa was gorgeous with the olive trees, but yeah, then just that wicker furniture I thought was really boring. Where was the rattan? I mean, also, that yeah. was another thing I was kind of surprised to not see more, more rattan. More rattan, yeah. And the Hollywood the Regency one, I would have loved to see like some tiki elements in there. Like, get more get, Mad Men. Let's yeah. get fun and kooky. And she just, she didn't push. I want Orson Welles' original clock. I want Orson Welles' cock <laughs> okay. encased in amber. I want Orson Welles, yeah, taxidermied on top of that yes. statue. Yeah, Ellen, go farther. And I guess in just terms of, like, coffee table book, right, like, you know, where some coffee table books, like, there's such a texture to it and, like, 
the pages really blow well, like, up. I feel like your maybe book, since there's just like a library version, it's not as nice. Yeah, my book is from like the Minnesota library <laughs> or something. Thank you, thriftbooks.com. But, yes. but anyway, it's fun and it's such a conversation starter. It's a great conversation starter. Please remember to nail your masks to the plants so that <laughs> your staff does not shatter them um, when you're moving to one of your many homes. Our next book is super fun. It's so funny because I was saying that Ellen's not enough of a foodie. Yeah, well, move over, okay, and set the table with Danny, Danny Meyer. Meyer. Famous restaurateur, inventor of Shake Shack, 11 Medicine Park, etc. Gramercy Tavern. Make uh, a reservation. Make a reservation. We'll oh, sorry. See. Actually, walk-ins accepted in our podcast. Hell yes. <laughs> no resi required. Delete your resi. Um, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Best. Best. Celebrity Book Club is an early American folk chair presented by Prologue Project and vintage American artist Headgum. The show is produced by 17th century Meg Murnane with editorial support from French artist Leon Nafok, African tribal headrest Andrew Parsons, and the Baroque side table Madeleine Kaplan. Our production manager is ceiling fixture Percy of Berlin. Engineering by a 19th century Danish ceramic lamp known as Ferris Manchi. Original theme song by Deep Deep Day City, Stephen Phillips Horst. Artwork by a bust of Medusa known as Teddy Blanks at Chips and Wine. Follow us on Twitter at CBC The Pod. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review. And don't forget to tell all your 16th century Jean Privé friends about us. That was a HeadGum Podcast. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.